RadioInfluence.com. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches because that's where you win the games, In the Trenches. I had my own little In the Trenches outing the other day. Uh, Warren Sapp was in town, so he came by to hang out with the fellas. Uh, Tony Mayberry was here. Ty J. Armstrong was here. Uh, Jim Pine was supposed to show up. He didn't make it, but we had a little Buccaneer reunion from back in the day, and we hung out here and ate some wonderful dead meat products, and I actually had Warren back here and did a little sit-down interview with him, and uh, we're going to come out with that eventually. It was actually uh, some interesting conversation, so uh, look very soon. We're going to get it out there on YouTube or something like that, but season's on us. Uh, It's really not long until the real football is upon us, and there is no fake football this year, no preseason, and you know, I've been the guy to say that this is not going to work. I still don't know if we're going to have a Super Bowl this year. But I'm get, as it goes further along and these other sports are accomplishing what they're getting accomplished, now most of them are doing it in a bubble, which makes it a little bit different, um, I think there's a little bit more of a chance that they get some of this football season out. I think there's a possibility. You want to at least believe you can get half the season out, and then if they can figure out a way to create a bubble, do that. Um, but the other sports are getting it done to this point. The NFL had a, sta- a scare. I guess they had 77 negative tests come back from a lab in New Jersey, and then they found out that they were false negatives, and everybody's fine. So that's a pain in the ass when you get 77 false negatives and you're sitting people out in practice when they're actually okay, and, you know, that's turmoil. So the NFL figured out a way to get by that, and uh, let's hope they get figure out a way to get this testing right. Because you want to see these guys get through this. And, and the, the further it gets into this, I don't know if they're any more susceptible than I am. Because most of those guys that are in that locker room and on the field are doing what it takes to stay away from other people. When I walk around every day, I don't know who I'm exposed to. The people I'm exposed to every day, I don't know if they give a rat's ass if I get it or not. But you would like to believe the people in the locker room, in the NFL locker room, they actually care because it's about their livelihood. So cap is on us. Uh, I ha- I hear all these different, you know, narratives that go on in, in social media and also in the, in the media itself, since I, I partake in both. You know, some of the things that, that are said are funny to me. Um, you know, I heard people saying that, oh, Tom Brady has great arm strength and his arms is almost as good as Jameis Winston's. This is the long and short of it, people. You know, if there's, you know, every team is playing one weekend, all right, maybe two quarterbacks have exceptional arms, okay, in strength. Maybe two of them have maybe not enough arm strength or don't measure up to everybody else. All the others are about the same. There's, there's Everybody's about the same. Every quarterback out there can just about make every single throw in the book. Every quarterback. And I said this before, most college quarterbacks can make every throw in the book. A lot of high school quarterbacks can make every throw in the book. Knowing when to throw it is way more important than being able to throw it. And that's the difference between Tom Brady and a Jameis Winston. Tom Brady's going to go where he's supposed to go with the ball majority of the times. 
Jameis Winston goes where he's supposed to go a lot of the times, and a lot of the times we have no idea where he's going. Now, Tom Brady's going to make some mistakes too now. Don't get, this, don't get it twisted, but a lot less. He's going to put people in some better situations. He'll probably lead his receivers a little bit better than Jameis did. Jameis can make some throws that Tom can't now. Jameis's arm is a little bit stronger down the middle. But in in general, uh, listen, Tom Brady's been there and done that, okay? And you can't accomplish what he's accomplished without having a great arm. Now, Mike Evans came out and said he feels like they could be one of the best all-time offenses. I would say this to uh, Mr. Mike Evans. Let's crawl before we walk, okay? Um, we have not seen that offense on the field yet. The odds are that it may struggle a little bit early. That's the odds, okay? Because, you know, there's not a lot of full-speed reps going on out there. It's a lot easier to play defense than it is to play offense. So without having any pads, we've had pads for one week, all right? There's not a lot of familiarity with our offense. We have a different quarterback, which is a big deal. We have a different tight end. You know, that's a, that's a big deal, and especially in an offseason that we couldn't get together and do our thing. And once again, no uh, preseason football games, obviously, it hurts as well. So maybe it's a little premature for Mike Evans to talk about being one of the greatest offenses ever, you know, considering, you know, the Saints and Drew Brees and Sean Payton have been together for years running the same damn offense. I don't know what the number was. It was like 20,000 reps or something. It's a little better chance that they become great than us. Doesn't mean we can't be great, but don't jump the gun. And with this offense, people are curious to see if it's going to be more Tom Brady, Dink and Dunk, or more Bruce Arians down the field. It'll be both. It'll, they're going to sprinkle a little bit in. Tom's going to put in what he's good at, and Bruce Arians is going to put in what he's good at. And if we could run the football effectively with Ronald Jones, from everybody says he looks great in training camp, but to me, you got to show me. Because in training camp, to say a running back looks great sometimes can be deceiving because they're not really bringing running backs down to the ground. And a running back is all about instincts. And I haven't seen him to be an instinctive running back to this point. All right? Instinctive running backs usually, you know, they usually come out early, not late. And it's getting a little bit late for Ronald Jones. Now, with all these young kids going out there in training camp and not having full-speed reps or not many, um, hearing stories like Tristan Wirfs, our right tackle from Iowa, is struggling. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Look for him to struggle this year. Because when you play, when you're in training camp and you don't do much hitting, all he is is going against the same guys over and over. You're going against a JPP, kind of a long, slender guy, and then you go against a, Shaq Barrett, but then when you get go up against a you know Cameron Jordan in week one, that's a whole different animal. He comes with a lot more power. So Tristan Wirfs is going to struggle this year. It just he doesn't have enough full speed reps. By the time he gets to week seven, it's going to be like going into week one, as far as reps go and familiarity with what's going on. So these young kids are going to struggle. I'm hearing. Uh, Scotty Miller's name often. He's another guy who they're saying that looks good out there and they want to compare him to Julian Edelman. But I th- I think the only way, reason why they're comparing him to Edelman is because they're both white. Because Scotty Miller has a lot more speed than Julian Edelman and he's not really a slot guy. You can line him out wide and stretch out the, uh, the defense. So um, Julian Edelman, I don't think that's what they want. 
You know, I think to me, Chris Godwin is more Julian Edelman than than Scotty Miller. But it's nice to have that many tools and it's nice to have that many things to play with and all those tight ends as well. So let's see if we have too many, you know, toys or, or just enough toys. Now, there's some other things that happened outside the NFL. Uh, Earl Thomas was released, I guess, getting in a scrap with one of his teammates. Then you hear about all these stories about Earl Thomas missing meetings and really just being belligerent. You know, he's going to get picked up by somebody because he can still play football. But this is going to be a third team in three years. If you can't play for Pete Carroll, who is probably one of the more player-friendly coaches out there, Harbaugh the same way, you know, I don't know if I want him in my locker room. I'm, it's getting to that. He's getting to be maybe a not as loud, but an Antonio Brown type guy. Where okay, you have the you have the ability, but do you want to bring that guy in your locker room to maybe be that cancer and mess and mess everything up? From what I hear, the Dallas Cowboys are looking into him. Good riddance. I don't know. I don't know if Dallas Cowboys have anything really going on in their locker room anyway. So you might as well bring him in there. But like like I said earlier, I think for the first time I see. No football actually happening. The Dolphins already came out with a plan. We're not going to put about 13,000 people in the stands. Most of the NFL teams are going to figure that out. And there's going to be some people in the stands, okay? With everything else happening and new bars are opening and I go to some restaurants and there's people piled up on each other, a lot of different places. There's no reason why you can't have somebody in the stands in open air. It doesn't make any sense. Any sense. If, you, if you do a quarter capacity, nobody has to go around each other. And hopefully it'll make a little bit of money, and and then we'll go from there. Another other some other stories are going on in the NFL, and this is where you know I I'm a Lamar Jackson fan because I enjoy watching him play, but I always say enjoy it while you can, because that's not going to last forever. Because people's legs don't stay young forever. I've seen running I've seen running quarterbacks successful early, but you've never seen a running back a running quarterback be successful late. Okay? You have to learn how to you know, pass from the pocket. Michael Vick did. Okay, Randall Cunningham did. Everybody did. You just can't keep on running like Lamar Jackson is without pulling a groin or pulling a hamstring or injuring your foot. And when that happens, then you have to learn how to run the throw from the pocket, and he doesn't know how. So keep your eye on that one because... Being you know being beat up in training camp, that's a long, long football season. Long. And I guess Jared Stidham is going to be out a couple weeks, so it's going to be Cam Newton against Hoyer, and I don't even know why we're even saying that. If Cam Newton's healthy, he's going to be the man. And supposedly Cam Newton does look good out there, so all you Patriots fans, um, you know, if Belichick could figure out a way to win with Cam Newton, that won't be a bad thing for his resume, although his resume looks pretty darn good to begin with. If anybody ever wants to email me, it's ianbeckles at radioinfluence.com. Make sure you listen to the other podcasts as well. And Ron and Ian show Monday through Friday, 3 to 7, 620 AM and 95.3 WDAE. Football season's right upon us, people, so get yourself ready. I know all the fantasy geeks out there are getting ready for that. And I'm just ready to watch some damn football. That's for real. Everybody have a wonderful week and please be safe. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence.
This is a Lawfather Podcast Quick Fix on Radio Influence. As always, I try to bring a tie-in to Florida here. Uh, I am a Florida attorney, and uh, I don't practice anywhere other than Florida. So one of the first things that we want to look at is the wrongful death statute. Now, every state, either they have a wrongful death statute or they don't. Uh, I know Florida does, because we're going to look at that here real quickly. Um, but like I said, this is this part of it is solely solely related to Florida, and it talks about what the survivor's rights are, okay? Now, if you are a single individual and you don't have any family, then there is no mechanism for a wrongful death case. So just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, it, it sounds kind of weird, right? Because maybe somebody did truly do something wrong and really you truly should be able to recover something. But if there's nobody to recover it on your behalf, there's nothing there. And you may say, well, what if you had a will that named somebody a beneficiary, right? The the recipient of whatever funds you had at the time of your death. Well, it, the wrongful death statute doesn't apply to that because the calculation comes down to the family relationship and what what you could do for it. So, what we look at is, and I'm going to read the statute, then we'll break it down some, is that each survivor may recover the value of loss, support, and services from the date of the decedent's injury to his or her death with interest and future loss of support and services from the date of death and reduced to present value. Now, what does that mean, right? What, what does any of that mean other than that the survivors may recover the value of loss, support, and services? Well, what are loss, support, and services? Basically, right? If you're a parent, what do you provide to the, to your kids? Do you go out and play with them? Do you go out and you have to work three shifts to put food on the table? Or do you, you know, somewhere in the middle of all that, some combination of all those things? The Law Father Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.